0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast by the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Pearl Steinzer and I'm an assistant editor at the American Journal of Managed Care. On today's episode, we have the opportunity to speak with Sonny Goyle, Chief Strategy Officer at Blue Cross Blue Shield, North Carolina. Sunny, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the work that you do?
1: Great to meet you. Thanks for having me here. Sonny Goyle. I am the Chief Strategy Officer and Head of Diversified Businesses for Blue Cross Blue Shield, North Carolina. Effectively, it means I run all of the enterprise strategy for the organization, but I also think about how do we evolve who we are to better serve our members and our communities across this great state of North Carolina. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: There are many payers and many blues plans. How is Blue Cross Blue Shield North Carolina unique? Uh,
1: we are a fully taxed not for profit that has served North Carolina for 90 years. We also serve all 100 counties inside of our state. Uh, and being a nonprofit, it, it allows us to focus on our purpose of making healthcare better for all, not just focusing on shareholders. Uh, And our teams and our folks here, we are very, very mission driven. Uh, And that mission is to improve the health and well-being of our customers and our communities. Meaning that we can do more than just pay for insurance claims, we're here to truly help them on their health journey. Uh, So what's different about us? Um, Great question. Uh, First, I would say is our values. You know, we've been here for 90 years uh, in this great state and, and we are proud to be here for 90 years. Uh, and I think we've made a tremendous amount of impact over that time frame. Uh, I think second is um, our funded and strategic focus on community impact across North Carolina through our non-for-profit status is really critical. Uh, and then third is, is our approach to addressing many of the, the healthcare ecosystem contributing factors. You know, for example, drivers of health, um, thinking about partnerships with our community organizations and health systems, uh, and really focusing on value-based care. Um, look, if, if you don't know Blue Cross, Lincoln, I feel like you should, maybe I'm a little biased in that. Um, but we're here to really help improve and disrupt the system. Uh, and we'll continue to do that for, I hope for a more, a ninety more years. Um, you know, we're, we're also not looking for flashy new ways, right? We're not, we're not trying to hit the news here. We truly are trying to impact, uh, uh people's lives and make them better. I think that's really critical. Um, let me make that real for you, just so just so this difference may come come forward a bit more. Um, we do a lot of research studies to to understand the needs of our communities and what what we should expect. Uh, and in March, uh, we we published in the um, New England Journal of Medicine uh, Catalyst a, a proof of concept for a six month private uh, pilot that provided you know twice monthly deliveries for. Fresh fruits, vegetables, and, and really weekly health coaching for, for members with type 2 diabetes in it, and, and food insecurity. Um, after that, six months, we saw major improvements uh, in federal measures for physical and mental health uh, and included significant drops in obesity rates and improvements in the, in the number of participants who who there. And probably most importantly for those insurers listening, um, we saw a sizable impact on the total cost of care, over, over $60 PMPM. PM. Um, you know, I think the second thing I might call out, just again, make this real, is we've been taking you know huge strides and steps um, to move away from traditional fee for service by building a truly collaborative system without that adversarial relationship between payers and providers. Um, we call that blue premiere here. That is our value-based care model, Uh, and in partnership with those um, health systems, we have generated over $700 million in savings for our members since its inception in 2019. Uh, We've also seen our ACO providers delivering lower and lower PMPM costs, higher quality metrics and immunizations, cancer screenings, A1C, and and on and on. Um, So I think that's really what helps to make that more real of what our differences are versus many others.
0: And what are Blue Cross North Carolina's top priorities?
1: You know, look, our, our three, three key, key priorities here, uh, affordability, access to high-quality care, and better experience for our members. Um, so let me break these down. Um, affordability, you know, we've been trying to drive down uh, the cost uh, of care for our members uh, for a long time, as I know many, many payers have. And our under-65 business um, is a great example of that. We have continually reduced uh, the rates that, that folks have to pay and reduce those premiums uh, over, over a number of years now. And in fact, if you look at our, our rates coming out in 2024, they're lower than they were in 2018, which is pretty impressive when you think about the inflationary environment that we're in today. Um, access to high quality care, you know, we, we view this as supporting primary care, uh, that front door of healthcare, if you will, and, and a lot of the preventative services. Um, you know, it's really central to our priorities to make sure that that folks have access to good, high quality uh, uh, primary care. You know, I think there's, um, there's a statistic in North Carolina that nearly one third of North Carolinians haven't actually visited a primary care physician in the past six years. Uh, and really only 8% of Americans are getting all of the recommended preventative services that they should be getting, which is really quite astounding and so we have a lot of work to do to make sure that we continue to ensure there is access to high-quality care and that people are going to it. And then the third is um, better experience, as I mentioned. Um, You know, uh, imagine a system, a healthcare system that was easier to navigate, much more holistic and seamless for our patients and for our members, Uh, whether it's using things like telehealth options where we learned so much through the, the height of COVID. Uh, on how important telehealth is to the system, uh, to something as much more implicit, just making sure that when you are sick or your loved one has an illness, that you shouldn't be focused on paperwork or or interpreting claims codes, right? You should be focused on how do I ensure that that individual gets healthier uh, and how do we make sure that they live their best life? So those are our three priorities here. They've been consistent for quite a long time here, and it's really what drives uh, this amazing company forward uh, to truly improve the health for all.
0: As Chief Strategy Officer, how is your work tied to patient care?
1: Yeah, um, you know, my, my push uh, as the Chief Strategy Officer is to lay out a strategy that, that helps our teams focus uh, on what is critical and ensure that we are supporting our communities for another 90 years. Uh, and as I mentioned before, deeply understanding our communities and ensuring that they have access to high-quality care is critical for us. And that that front door of healthcare, I always like to call it, really that front door of healthcare because it captures so much more. Um, you know, in our in our strategy, uh, we have really three facets to it that we've laid out: deepen our local advantage, uh, fortify our foundation, and collaborate to evolve. And we've been doing a lot inside of those um, uh, to tie that to patient care uh, and really understanding our communities. So, deepening our local advantage. Um, you know, one of the one of the most exciting things that our teams have done is, is embarked uh, on a tour of all 100 counties in the state of North Carolina. Uh, and these tour stops weren't your traditional ones where you just go to the, the more standard healthcare locations. Right. But we were going to community colleges, nonprofits, community gardens and so many other organizations that are really the backbone of these communities. We effectively, we asked, we listened, we learned from them to understand what can we do to support and empower those communities and ensure that they can provide high quality care and access to folks there. You know, a great example, um, some of the communities in our state don't have access to multilingual primary care. Uh, They don't have a mental health specialist in an entire county. You know, So we've been trying to take some of these learnings to really address these issues at a deeply local level uh, to improve those communities and tie it back to primary care. Um, uh, Fortify our foundation, you know, we leverage our data for things that, um, uh, to help us have a better understanding of our consumers, their decisions, uh, and really the nuances, to their lifestyles uh, within their communities and, and how that impacts their, with their access, how they get care and what the costs are. It's truly amazing and, and probably disturbing is, is a better word uh, when you see the life expectancy of a person in a contiguous county vary between five and ten years, I mean that is stunning and, and just should not exist. And so it's a big chunk of our job to try and eliminate that variation. There should never be you cross a county border and somehow your life expectancy drops five or ten years. Just it's just that should not be that way. Uh, and then collaborate to evolve. Uh, we're constantly pursuing partnerships with health systems, independent positions, local community nonprofits to address much of what we talked about here, right? To improve the health and, uh, and ca- care for folks across the state and, and really to try and address some of the health equity disparities that we see within rural communities. And the other thing I'll call out here, Pearl, is just that, you know, in my other hat as our um, head of Diversified Business Group, our team has also made a number of investments. We've created new collaborations. We've even acquired new organizations to ensure that we are helping make care more coordinated, more accessible and more patient-centric. Uh, we recently announced that we um, are planning to acquire fast med clinics in the state of North Carolina. Uh, and as an example, 45% of fast med clinics are actually based in rural communities. And some of these communities are using these clinics as primary care, even though, despite the fact they're urgent care. And, and so we were very nervous that losing those com- clinics, if it were to get shut down, could be devastating to those uh, those communities. And so we stepped up. Uh, We acquired the organization because it was the right thing to do for our state and for our people. Um, So that's a lot of what we've been doing.
0: What kind of investments has Blue Cross North Carolina made in primary care?
1: Yeah, primary care is is in a lot of ways we view as the backbone of so many of these communities and their their ability to access care. Um, uh, And unfortunately, there are a lot of statistics that have shown that well, there's just not enough happening there and we need to make a lot of investments. uh, And that's why it's such a priority for us. Uh, I'll try and make that real. Um, You know, primary care's overall share in the U.S. um, and and kind of really the spend uh, for primary care has decreased. Uh, And I think uh, when I saw the statistic last, it was about 4.6% of of spend in the U.S. Healthcare, it goes to primary care. Meanwhile, when you look at... um, you know, 38 developed nations uh, outside of the United States, it's almost 8%. So it shows you how we pay and where we're focusing our time, and we need to change that. Uh, it's also important to call out that primary care workforce is shrinking. Uh, and while about one in three US practicing physicians are primary care physicians, only one in five physicians have completed their residency from 2012 to 20 were actually practicing primary care two years later. Um, and as I mentioned before, a large percentage of our population, both in North Carolina, but also at the, the national level, I think the statistic is around 27 percent, um, have reported that really just no real engagement with primary care. Uh, and that's really that's up quite a bit from from the prior decade. Uh, so we know it's really important that we continue to invest in primary care uh, and make sure that we are supporting them as much as humanly possible, because primary care is Uh, I think it was the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine Uh, as a mouthful. But, um, uh, you know, they they came out and said that primary care is the only medical discipline where a greater supply produces improvements in population health, longer lives and greater health equity. So it's truly, truly critical um, that we that we support this. Um, We've made a number of investments in primary care uh, over the past uh, several years. Uh, A couple I can maybe call out for you. First, um, particularly at the height of COVID, we launched a program called uh, Accelerate to Value, and that was a program designed to help support independent primary care, um, not not thrive, but even just survive the pandemic. Because if you remember the beginning parts of the pandemic, we didn't know what was going to happen. People weren't leaving their houses appropriately, but they also weren't getting care that they needed, which means those who primary care physicians who were on a fee-for-service basis, basically your entire revenue stream disappeared. Um, so we stepped up, created this program, and, and actually helped those primary care folks and uh, um, physicians stabilize their practices by guaranteeing them the rates they had from years prior. Uh, and that really helped support them. Uh, second, we've been expanding telehealth coverage. Again, as I mentioned, learned so much during COVID, but we've been supporting and covering telehealth for more than 20 years um, but we learned a lot and we continue to invest in telehealth coverage because it just provides more flexibility and convenience for healthcare providers. Uh, we've launched companies like Allo, uh, where it, they, they have really focused in on supporting physicians across our state um, and, and really trying to manage the care in a complex and fragmented system. Uh, and today, Allo, and, and under the brand name Advance, manages uh, and supports 34 clinics across our states, which accounts for about 135 primary care folks and, and over 75 behavioral health and psychiatrists. Um, so a significant amount of investments we've made in the state.
0: And how has Blue Cross North Carolina invested in the primary care workforce?
1: Um, it, it used to be that about 50% of primary care in the state was independent. Uh, now, most of that was in the rural parts of our communities. As you can imagine, it was significantly lower in the urban parts of our state. Um, but between 2010 and 18, the, the number of practices, independent practices in the state, decreased by 22%. Uh, it's about 2,000 independent practices that have closed their doors, required by health system, private equity, um, or or some other corporate entity out there. Uh, and and the healthcare shor- uh, shortage is is not unique to North Carolina. Uh, at Blue Cross North Carolina, we we consider the shortage to be part of the overall healthcare system of the country and one that we can impact, but we know also will take time. So we've invested in things like education uh, really to build a healthcare workforce pipeline, both in the near term and in the long term. Uh, we launched things, um, uh, a lot of programs and scholarship programs as an example for nursing students and our stage uh, HBCUs to encourage graduates to practice in North Carolina and to improve upon the diversity uh, among healthcare providers. As I mentioned before, we don't have a lot of multilingual providers in some counties. We need to be uh, improving upon diversity to support care in those those communities. Uh, We invested in UNC Chapel Hill's Physician Assistant Program to retrain people with military medical experience for civilian health care. Other investments in UNC to support rural health care programs and expand workforce and access where it can be limited. We work with Duke Health to help them train primary care for community health needs. Uh, we've invested to expand primary care behavioral health pilot with um, the Charlotte Community Health Clinic uh, to, to really provide better behavioral health services to underserved populations. Uh, and we've done a lot more, right? We've, um, as I mentioned to you, we launched ALO uh, and we really take a step back. A lot of the the reduction in the workforce is just based on the fact folks are overworked and they're trapped by all these administrative processes that we've created. Some to protect the system, but we've probably created way too many processes in the system and it's causing folks to just get burnt out. Uh, And I think we've known this for a long time, but when you you take a step back and you think about it, how much time these physicians and clinicians are forced to spend on actually managing their business in the back office versus managing patients and their care that's required. Uh, and that's, that was the foundation and, and why we launched uh, and invested in Allo. Um, it allows participating physicians to put more of their time in patient care and not in the administration. Uh, we do this by effectively managing their infrastructure and back office for these practices at scale and give them the comfort and the time to focus on what's most important, developing those critical relationships with their patients and just helping them on their care journeys. Um, so those are some of the investments that we've made in primary care workforce.
0: Cool. Um, and what else can be done to support primary care?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a there's a couple of things we could do here. Um, first thing is reforming payment models uh, and really shifting away from fee for service. Um, Blue Premier is our answer, as we talked about, and we're seeing a significant positive returns from that that piece here. Uh, Blue Premier is includes. I think over 800 independent primary care practices. And those practices have been earning shared savings through quality and cost improvements. Uh, we're now migrating to what we call Blue Premier 2.0, which will include even more um, advanced analytic capabilities to find cost efficiencies and improve outcomes, you know, balancing shared savings with shared risk and really holding ACOs responsible for utilization and spending among those, their attributed members. Uh, and expanding value-based care models for specialty care, which is gonna be very critical. So that's one. I think two is we need to enable and improve upon interoperability uh, between data systems and EHRs. Um, Plenty of data exists in healthcare. The challenge is actually trying to make it usable for those who need to while protecting confidentiality. Um, So we think this is really critical that we we focus time and energy there. Um, Third, uh, as I mentioned, Changing and improving and expanding about med- medical education is going to be critical. Training today, as an example, tends to focus on fee-for-service, the kind of status quo stuff. Um, it focuses on EHRs and how we're built around billing processes, uh, right? And they kind of glamorize subspecialty and inpatient care. We need to focus education on helping patients be healthier and how to, um, how to do that over the long term versus just treating illness and injury. Um, Fourth, we'd love to encourage and educate on behavioral changes to patients and to focus on really preventative and wellness care uh, to understand what we can do there and how can we really push on this. Because, as I mentioned, not enough folks are getting uh, and accessing preventative services as much as they should. Uh, And then finally, um, we need to allow all clinical providers to practice at the top of their licenses right, to further support primary care physicians and, in, and, and increase the overall access for our folks. Uh, and we need to be able to allow, whether it's nurse practitioners or others, to be able to practice the top to support primary care and to support our communities. I think this is really critical. Those would be the five things, Pearl.
0: To learn more on this topic, please visit AGMC.com or see the show notes. And if you like the podcast, please make sure to like and rate us.